Maybe you should go and do some contemplating. Hi, this is Rachel McElroy. Hi, this is Griffin McElroy. And this is Rose Buddies. This is a podcast about love and kissing and smooching and necking and hugging and spooning and fucking. Ooh, I wanted to take an off ramp there, but I couldn't. But Ooh. hey, it's Fantasy Suites time. If we can't talk about intimacy <laughs> now, when will it happen? Dang it. When am I going to finally get to talk about sex in one of these podcasts? <laughs> um, thanks for listening. How are you doing? How are you doing, baby? Really good. You're home. I was at San Diego Comic-Con. You're back home with me. I'm back home with you. You didn't we- ask me about all the superheroes I met. You want to tell me about them? I met Deadpool, and he called me a butt munch, but in like the way he does it. Where it was like, <laughs> God, he fucking razzed me. Can I stop you? Uh-huh. I have no interest in this. <laughs> I wish you were this. I, I wish you were that efficient and are just sort of our day to day about similar topics. I have asked you a lot of questions about different famous people you met. Uh, Deadpool's pretty famous. He knows the X-Men, so. Now, when you say you met Deadpool. Mm-hmm. It wasn't Ryan Reynolds. Could have been. Could have been. I don't know. I had the mask on. He called me a butt munch. And no, I'm pretty sure it wasn't Ryan Reynolds. That I would be interested in. Okay. Well, Deadpool died for your sins, so. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Um, let's talk about, I watched the episode uh, this morning yeah. at about so 7 a.m. We watched it separately. This uh, is maybe the first time. I didn't have a fun time. And I think it's partially because this was kind of a, um, a weak episode, um, but also because I wasn't with you, my delightful love and sun in the sky. Mm-hmm. Um, but also because it was kind of just sort of a boring episode, and I can't believe there was two hours of it, and that's kind of mind-boggling to me because it was. Um, I felt every passing second. I feel like I'm at it. a point now where I like. I enjoy the time I get to spend with Eric. Like I, I get excited about spending extended periods of time with Eric. Um, I feel that, and, and, that then, and we got a lot. Of, we got a lot of Eric this episode. Yeah. Um, basically, we're going to talk about this episode, but the, like the structure of it was a bit off because, um, typically in the last episode of a season, the remaining two suitors will meet the bachelor or bachelorette's family, and that's Correct. like typically the first time that they have to spend an extended time with them. That's when they do things like ask for. Uh, you know, permission to propose if that's the way they want to go about it. Um, but that's usually safe at the finale. Um, after the fantasy suites, after the fantasy suites, because, uh, Rachel's sister was eight months pregnant. Um, they couldn't do the typical thing of flying the whole family out to whatever destination the show ended in. Mm -hmm. So everybody was just in Dallas and we're going to knock that out here in the penultimate episode and then go do fantasy suites. Um, and I think the problem with that structure, nothing gets you in the mood. I know more than meeting your lady's family. Um, I think that's, I think that this, this episode is maybe always kind of doomed to be kind of boring because like, 
I think the Fantasy Suites episode is kind of boring until the end when, like, one of the final three goes home, and that's a big, like, dramatic, like, twist yeah. uh, that they build up some, sp- some suspense to. Uh, and then the meeting the families bit and the finale is always pretty boring until, like, we find out who wins and who loses, and that's what the payoff. So, kind of, this episode was like two episodes worth of build up with virtually no payoff to speak of whatsoever. True. Um, I don't. I hopefully this will be a quick up of Rose Buddies because I don't know. That Griffin, there's a you whole have lot. said that like a dozen times, and it never is. It the never case. pans out. Mm-hmm. Let's do it. Okay. Uh, so yes, yeah, so they're in Dallas. Rachel explains to them they're going to be meeting her family. And that Peter is going first. Uh, and Brian makes his maybe first joke of the season. What's he say? He's like, let's hope that Peter sets the bar really low. Well, joke isn't. I mean, that's more of, a, I guess it's a light observational Eric, humor. Him and Eric both laughed. And I was like, oh, hey, Brian. Hey. He knows what funny he is. He's showing up. Well, it's because Rachel wasn't in the room. Rachel had left the room. And so he wasn't oh, like, yeah. Ooh. yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, so... On their way to meet Rachel's family, Rachel takes Peter to a baby store, and they are going to pick out gifts for her sister's kids. And Rachel is giving Peter tips on what is likely to win her sister over. It was really funny, because Peter like found something, and he was like, look, it matches. Isn't that great? And Rachel just like, didn't say anything, and he was like, well, I guess it wasn't great then. <laughs> um. Rachel does make a funny comment where she's like, what is this, like, one size fits all? Peter's like, I don't think that's, that's not how any of this works. <laughs> um, meanwhile, since Peter is out, Eric and Brian have to sit down and talk about Peter. This structure. Yeah. I, I swear to God, it's just this season where it has become, like, the connective it's tissue so for all these episodes. It's yeah. It's just like, we made these two sit down and have a conversation about somebody that wasn't there. Go talk shit. Um, and so Brian tells Eric... That he, from his understanding, Peter might not even propose if he gets picked at the end. And they are shocked by that. And Brian says, I'm, it makes me think that maybe Peter isn't all the way committed. This uh, Spoiler alert, this is the rest of the episode. Yeah, this is the whole thing. The whole thing is Peter, will he or won't he propose? And he pretty much has said, I, I don't. Won't. I really, please don't Seems make me. very unlikely. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and so Peter gets to the house with Rachel and they're sitting out front and he says, you know, after hometowns, I just really wanted to clear up with you how I was feeling. Let me unluke this situation, please. You keep referencing Luke and I don't even really you remember. remember. He didn't, he was like, it was the most like transparent bachelorette shit like ever in that it was, I think final four or final three. And, like, they were at the tarmac. Remember, we were about to get on an airplane, but they're like, there's only three seats on this plane. And Luke, like, was the only one who hadn't said that he was falling in love with JoJo. And so, like, at the very last moment, he, like, ran oh. up to her on the tarmac and was like, can, can we talk? And he's like, oh, I, um, yeah. I, love, I figured out I love you. I totally forgotten about that. And JoJo was saying, like, explicitly, like, well, you know, I feel like things are slower with Luke. And it's like, just because he didn't say I love you? Mm-hmm. Uh, and then... He was going to be sent home, and he tried to win his way back in, but okay. no no dice. Well, Peter does definitely pull Luke then, because he says that he's falling in love with her. Um, uh, he says, I am falling in love with you, Peter. <laughs> I expect it better. <laughs> uh, and so Rachel is very relieved to hear that. Yeah. And then they walk into the house, 
and in the house, it's her sister and her sister's husband and her mom and her aunt and uncle. And again, her dad. Her dad's just never going to be on this franchise, I guess. Yeah. It's weird that, can I not even say, is because I'm I'm still unsure if it is a personal decision of responsibility or a like legal. Well, there was scuttlebutt on the internet today that he was actually there. He just didn't want to be on camera. Oh, well, there was one bit where a photo was blurred out and I didn't know if it was, this is not a joke. There was like a photo hanging on the wall that was blurred out. So I didn't know if like. They could not even Maybe it's conjure like a his danger, Because if he really is a judge and he's a judge in criminal cases, he doesn't want to endanger his family or something. Maybe, but that's like yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I can't speculate. But the uh, the uh her mom comes on and uh, in like a behind the scenes thing is and sort of explains the situation. She's like, But I'm I've uh, or maybe Rachel was the one explaining it that like my mom will give out the blessings. And no, I think her mom was the one like explaining it, like even though my husband's not here. I'm going to get to know these dudes and if they ask for a proposal like it's a, it's a it's just kind of a while it's like a I get why he can't be on the show or why he doesn't want to be on this show mm-hmm. it's just like this is the part where people come to like talk to the parents to meet the parents and mm-hmm. it's like your one chance to meet the parents before you propose and like one of them's not there it seems like I think the rumor is and I think this was true with Nick's season that he actually is meeting these people they're just not showing Interesting it. okay yeah uh, so Peter tells Rachel's family that his dad actually proposed to his mom after a month and they've been married 36 years. Uh, and how convenient, Peter, <laughs> what a convenient, I mean, I'm sure it's true. Yeah. But uh, all right. <laughs> um, and then he like talks about Rachel and, and what she was wearing the night they met and how he was, um, just totally blown away. Uh, and Rachel says, I was an angel. <laughs> that was funny. <laughs> Do you remember what I was wearing the day we met? I was going to ask you the same question. Well, I asked you first. I know that you were squinting because you needed sunglasses. Not, didn't count. Um, I want to say like a button down short sleeve shirt. And cargo shorts. I mean, that's fucking cheating. <laughs> Glasses and sideburns. Yes. Um, yeah, what was I wearing? Shorts, shorts, and that one tank top. You remember? That one tank top? You know the one. Okay. It's got the ketchup stains on it. Dave, that, okay, that is factually inaccurate. (laughs) I feel like, um, Blake right now, because back then I wasn't eating ketchup, so I couldn't have had ketchup stains. Oh, God. Jacuzzi. Mm -hmm. I forgot I turned you on to ketchup. Mm-hmm. So this is not good for anybody <laughs> but the two of us. Um, okay, so the one thing Peter does say to Rachel's family is that, you know, he's been skeptical and hesitant, um, but he realized after hometowns that he didn't want to lose her and that he was falling in love with her. And Rachel's like, this is the first I'm hearing this. Yeah. <laughs> uh, which is nice. Uh, and so uh, Rachel talks to her sister, and um, her sister, like, very specifically says, like, have you said you love 
if you said you love anybody, like if you said I love you to anyone, and she's like, no, not yet. It's like okay, but she said I am. I'm falling in love with them, but not yeah. that I love them. Mm-hmm. And again, I just well, you get know what it. she's referencing is that Dean when she said she was falling yeah, in love sure. with Dean. Well, she says it's somebody else's episode. No, she says it to she says it to Peter right outside. He says, I'm falling in love with you. And she says, I'm falling in love with you, too, just in case you didn't know. And he kind of laughs. He's like, I had an idea. Okay, I totally missed that. Okay, well, I saw that at fucking 7 o'clock in in a plane this morning, completely dazed out of my mind. See, this is why we got to be together on this shit. I know. Whenever I take notes, I miss, like, the next thing that happens. Yeah. Uh, Okay, so this is, like, all-time question. So her sister's husband sits down with Peter. And says, you know, Rachel's not perfect. Uh, do you have any specific items of concern about Rachel? Can we talk about this brother-in-law? Because um, <laughs> he seemed he seemed nice enough, but he also seemed like uh, a Borg a little bit in that, like, he kept using the word individual to refer to a person. And that, that like, why? I didn't it seems like you that. really uh, harbor strong feelings for this individual. Am I am I under arrest right now? <laughs> you know, well, maybe he's a lawyer too. That's I him. mean, I think this is I think most folks here are in the law profession. It just seemed that way, just based on like the, the Q and A that they were yeah, doing. Yeah, no, that's a good point. Um Peter very carefully gets out of that question though. He's like, Oh, there's no red flags yet. You know, and I really liked her from the start. Um and I've been you know, I haven't really jumped into this feet first. Like it's only recently that I've like started to really commit to this yeah i was kind of hoping for like any answer here but i mean he just didn't he dodged it well so what were some red flags about me when we started oh, jesus god uh, i mean straight up like you were very afraid of commitment like yeah real 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 yeah, real afraid true. um not because like you weren't into it but just because like it was it felt it felt fast but i was like full-blown i was the rachel you were the peter in this situation <laughs> that's true actually midwesterners midwesterners they're very right? closed off well, not closed off. Well, they're very, very tough nuts Just to crack. Skittish. Well, maybe. they're yeah, they're very difficult. <laughs> okay. They're very challenging nuts. We have a lot of Midwestern listeners. Be careful. I'm basically Midwestern. West uh, Virginia is essentially no, no, come on. No. All right. Um, can okay. we talk about the conversation that Peter had with the mom? Because I feel like that was the most like telling. Uh, well, first Rachel talks to her mom and talks about. Peter's Midwesternness and how he has small town roots and his parents are still together. And her mom asks her if there are I any. I just hit the mic with my uh, wine glass and it sounded like I was like cheersing the audience. I like that. That's like a fun 4D effect. Like you're at Universal Studios, the Rose Buddies ride. <laughs> what else would be on that ride, Griffin? Oh, man. Um, there'd be a lot of corners. There'd be a feminist corner. Be a feminist corner and then Griffin's that printer you would, corner. You would, like plunge down into. Yeah. Thank you, by the way, all the like positive response to my new brother printer. Yeah. Um, it was a difficult uh, exchange to make and it's always hard to say goodbye, but it's so nice to say hello. <laughs> um, so what was the conversation with the, are you trying to think of more what the I'm ride would be like? I'm trying to think of more ride. Um, oh, what, how would the home improvement theme be incorporated? I mean, I think there's a live band experience. Ooh, yeah, you don't bad. get those usually on roller coasters. You only hear them for a second. It's just like. Maybe it's like one of those rides where you're given like a gun to shoot. 
Oh. And every time you shoot... Um, uh, hi, everybody. Like a bachelor villain, let's yeah. say. Hey, if you've never been on the laser gun ride, like at King's Island or anything like that, Rachel's talking about a laser gun and not... Listen, we do live in Texas, but there is no bullet gun roller coaster. There probably is a bullet gun <laughs> roller coaster. Did I make coaster. it sound that way? You definitely did. Oh. It's a roller coaster where you get a gun to shoot. What? <laughs> okay. I, I've We can explore this at a later Absolutely. time. Absolutely. When we're starting to merchandise. Theme parks are very lucrative right mm-hmm. now. So Rachel says her red flag is that she still doesn't know what Peter's going to do at the end of this. Right, 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 right. Yep, yep, yep. All of it. Okay. All of the whole episode. Yes. Mom and Peter talk now. Uh, and Peter very, very honestly says, I don't know that I would necessarily propose in the next two weeks. And so I'm not going to ask you for permission until I'm certain. And Rachel's mom really appreciates that. Well, he says, I, what I want to ask you for is like permission to like date your date daughter yeah. after this is over. And then there's like a five second pause. And then the mom is like, and I like that. And Peter's like, oh, good. <laughs> yeah. I think I would also, uh, obviously, when you're a parent in this situation, like, you know what the game is to an extent. But at the same time, I think if somebody comes to you and is like, I'm not going to ask for her hand in marriage after we've been hanging out for nine weeks um, for like an hour and a half a week. I think I, as a parent would go like fucking a, all right, that sounds good to me. Yes, please. Peter posted something on Instagram. I think cause he got a lot of flack for being hesitant to propose. And he said something like, you know, after three dates, what essentially was three dates, I wasn't ready to make that call. Check it. Yeah, absolutely. It's it's. It... We have an article about that that we can okay talk a little. It's bit just about. it it drives me up a wall. It's such an it's such an unreasonable like. I think it is more romantic to say I want to like fucking date you and live with you. Yeah. After this show, than it is to say like, I'm going to propose to you like every other person has ever done at exactly. the end of this thing that like ninety five percent of are just fucking a joke. But you have to be careful, right? Because. Juan Pablo wouldn't propose. But that's different. I mean, this, this, that is, that's, I feel like a different out, right? Like, because yeah. I, didn't, I didn't think Juan Pablo had like a connection with any of the women his yeah. entire season because it just felt like he was like there for him or whatever. Mm-hmm. I, I think it can be really romantic. I think that, I think that's a, mm-hmm. I think there's a way to edit that into like a good ending of just like, and now we're dating and really fucking happy. Although the pressures that this show put on you, maybe it's that's impossible because you show up on After the Final Rose and Chris Harrison's well, like, so what's, uh, so uh, <laughs> how's it? Uh, well, they also make you that? sit down with Neil Lane. Yeah. So like, hey, I know that you might not propose, but sit down with our 300-year-old man, Neil Lane. He's not that old. Mm-hmm. You're so bad. I know. Okay. Peter, before the date ends, Peter does what is one of the most adorable things. He sits down and draws with her sister's son, Alistair. Uh, And it's just super cute. It's real cute. Um, He's so good with kiddos. And Peter says at the end of the date that he feels like that date helped him progress in the relationship. Meeting her family. uh, Or he says seeing the people that made her helped him like feel closer and, and, and like further in the relationship can we move on to eric eric yay 
Uh, Eric and Rachel go to Reunion Tower in Dallas, which is the big ball. Yeah, it's like any other city. You go up real high and you look out. It's cool. It's the big ball. I have never, we have done this a lot. Uh, I have gone up in a lot of big, tall things to look out at a city that I'm visiting. Yeah. And it's like kind of neat. But usually I'm just thinking like, how long should we spend up here? (laughs) I like it. I like doing it as a like, um, I genuinely like doing it on like the first day of a trip. We went up uh, Tokyo Tower. I feel like one of our first days in Tokyo. And that's cool to like, because it's it's it sounds like corny or whatever, but it's like a cool way of like understanding the scale of the place that you're about to get like dropped back down into. Yeah, there's something about that that I really enjoy. Well, you know what? It is? I wonder too if all of those were built before there were all these super huge high rise hotels too. Because a lot of times when you're staying in a really big hotel, sure. you're, you're kind of getting a similar experience. Yeah, that's a good point. Actually, when we were staying in Tokyo, our hotel was yeah. on like the 45th floor. We yeah. were. Sky high, yeah. And I could do that in my pajamas. I like it. I really liked going up the Sears Tower or Willis Tower in Chicago. That was really cool. I did that like at the almost at the end of my year there and was yeah. like, oh shit, this is what it looks like. Okay. I don't know. I, I, I enjoy it. Okay. Well, we'll keep doing it, I guess. <laughs> okay. Thank you. <laughs> uh, so they go to Reunion Tower. Eric is kind of afraid of heights. And they have kind of some fun moments where he's like shaking a little bit and he's kind of holding on to her and she can like see his hands are shaking. Sweet. It's very sweet. Uh, cut back to Peter and Brian talking about Eric. Oh, this, is this when it got real though? Um, It got a little real between these two boys. It did, yeah. So they talk about Eric's inexperience because that's everybody's favorite thing to talk about is that he's never been in love before. Because everybody can only have one fucking plot line on this show. Um, And then Peter reveals that he did not ask for permission from Rachel's family. And Brian is like, well, I'm, I mean, I'm going to do it. He says like, oh, well, that's interesting that you did. Like, I would have never done it like that because um, my plan is to just go in there and, you know, be really charming and then, you know, get get the permission from the folks. And, and Peter tells us he sees he thinks that Brian is is being a little arrogant and ballsy mm-hmm. and like phrasing it that way. And Peter's, uh, Peter makes a face like response to Brian saying like, oh, I wouldn't have done it that way. Or he's just like, <laughs> OK, <Yeah>, cool, <laughs> great. Yeah. Um, and then uh, this was obviously like cut in from like a different conversation that these two were having, but Peter was like, you know, I'm, I, it does, I don't like that. Typically after hometowns, the suitors never see each other again, except for rose ceremonies. Right. So this is a unique situation. And Peter's talking about like, I don't like that. I'm, uh, sitting here with Rachel's other boyfriend while her other boyfriend is on a date with her right now. Like, to be honest, Brian, I wish I was not sitting here with you right now. Yeah. <laughs> Which they cut to like seem like a more sinister thing than it actually was. I'm pretty sure that was just like a. Yeah, they try and kind of drum up like some sort of tension between the two of them. Yeah. And, and it just felt more like, yeah, they probably wouldn't be friends outside of this. No. It didn't feel like there was any kind of real bad blood there. Yeah. Uh, so they, uh, Eric and Rachel hang out in the, in the tower and they have a big bowl of fruit and champagne. I noticed that too. And he was eating the fruit and I he got so excited. It. it was a very large bowl of fruit. Uh, and so then they talk a little bit about his previous relationship history. Uh, and he said that he's met his um, girlfriend's families twice before and that the last time was seven years ago. <laughs> and so Rachel um, and him have this cute exchange. 
because she's like, well, I really want my family to see what I see in you. And he was like, well, what do you see? She's like, you're all right. That was great. It's very good. It was very great. Um, I feel like we're not saying anything like critical or entertaining at all. This episode of Rose Buddies, it's just like, here's something cute that Rachel said. And we're like, oh, oh, oh good. Cute. Well, I think we've had our fair share of criticism this season. I guess that's fair. It's, and it really, this really was a super fucking by the books episode, yeah. except for like the change of um, like when things happened, I guess. Yeah. Um, I, I will say this. I think the finale is going to be, if, if the next episode after Mintel All really is the finale, I'm still not sure if we have one or two more proper episodes after Mintel All. If it is just one episode, that is going to be the most fucking buck wild finale ever. And I'm very, very excited for it. Yeah. Um, I'm kind of celebrating Eric because I don't think he's long for this show. I, I think do. he's going to be the next one to go. Here's the thing. And we talked about this. Uh, last week like this show is doing everything it can to make it seem like peter's not going to win and this is nothing new this is every season they do this i will say like there's definitely i I do not want to shortchange the genuine conflict that it seems like is actually starting to pop up between rachel and peter it i still think though that top two are peter brian and although you know what the reason i thought brian was in second place was because he met the family but they all met the family in this episode didn't they Huh. Yeah, I don't know. It just, it seems like she feels very passionately about Peter and Brian, and she just likes Eric. I, yeah. Yeah, I think that's probably true. And that's something even, so when Eric comes to meet her family, Rachel's sister observes that Eric might not be on the same playing field as Peter, is what she says. Oh my god! That uh, her was it. Her sister who, um, when Peter was playing with uh, Alistair, her uh, Rachel's nephew, um, and they're like, "Who's this?" And Alistair was like, "Bieber," and they're like, "Close enough, close enough." And then was it her sister that leaned down and was like, "No, can you say winner?" And everybody like cracked up laughing. Do you remember that? Oh, it's like there is there is a subtext to this whole thing of just like Peter is going to fucking win <laughs> this whole thing. Eric talks a little bit about his family and his experience growing up in Baltimore, which we know pretty well by now. Rachel kind of is honest with her family members, and she's talking to her aunt um, and says that she's not really sure where Eric stands exactly because he hasn't explicitly says that he loves her yet. Yeah, she says that Eric has like talked about his feelings before, but he's always kind of dancing around them and hasn't really said yeah. the exact right yeah. thing yet. She does say dancing around them, which I thought was fun because they have such they a do dance, dance quite a bit. History. Um, oh yeah, doesn't her uncle recognize him? It's like, hey, I yeah. remember you from the after the final rose. Yeah. <laughs> like you made a good first impression. I know they were like, you're such a fan. Yeah. Uh the aunt describes Eric in a way that I really liked. She's like, well, but Eric doesn't seem like a fairy tale person. No, he seems extremely real. I get that. That was a really good That's a very good compliment. Yeah. Yeah. Because it's like, Eric doesn't seem like somebody that would get swept up. Yeah, know, for sure. In the way that like somebody like Brian might. Uh, so Eric tells us that he wants to say that he's in love with her. Um, so we know it's coming this episode. And so when Eric sits down with the mom... He congratulates the mom on the longevity of her relationship with her husband, which he's, felt kind of weird. I don't know. There was something a little bit off, I felt like. And I don't know if it I was think just he like. He was just nervous. I think he was probably just really nervous, but he actually said the words like, 
this whole exchange between him and his mom where I think they both knew that Eric was about to ask for permission to propose. Yeah. And so, like, both of them were kind of on edge. But Eric actually said, like, I know you've been married to your husband for 37 years, and that's incredible. I'm honored to just be in your presence right now. And it's like, whoa, 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 whoa. Like, if I was a parent in this situation, I would ask you to please just back it up, like, a little bit, because that is a wild... I'm just honored to be in your presence right now. What? Uh, Rachel's mom asks Eric kind of what he's looking for. And he says, you know, he wants family. He wants love. He wants success and commitment on all cylinders, which I wrote down. All right. I thought that was a unique. Yeah, price. I got a. Uh, that's my new Ford Tahoe. It's a, it's got a Hemi. It's got commitment on all cylinders. It's amazing. <laughs> uh, and then he says, Miss Lindsay, I would like to ask permission to ask your daughter to marry me. Uh, and I love these answers. Sometimes they're so diplomatic. Sometimes the parents give the best answers that are just like, I trust my child and I feel comfortable with her decision. And if she decides that she wants to marry you, then I trust that decision. (laughs) Without saying like, go for it, dude. Yeah. Cause of course, let her rip. Yeah. Of course she's not going to say, I, I, I'm in love with you. Yeah. (laughs) Already. And I'm sure my daughter is too. Uh, hey, Griffin. Hey, baby. Can I steal you away? Oh, yeah. Do you want me to do it? It's like a little, like a... It sounded bad. Guitar solo? It sounded bad. No, I knew what you were doing. Uh, who's our sponsors this week? Who's sent us, uh, you know, a healing salve in the in the woods because we kissed on camera? Like Hunger Games sponsors. Oh, I wonder what you're doing there. Uh, MeUndies. Oh, I love them. I'm wearing them now. Me too. Can I say, oh, (gasps) we're wearing the same pair, actually. Yeah, okay, so this is a fun story. So Griffin got home today. I came home from work. I walk in. Me, Griffin, and Henry are all wearing striped shirts, blue 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 and white striped striped shirts. shirts. It was very cute. And then Griffin was playing with Henry, and I noticed he's wearing the same pair of MeUndies. It's the Army Man MeUndies. How great is that? It's very, very good. Can I say something, though? Yes. Touring with my brothers and rooming with them, it can be a real situation. Because there's some meandies lying on the floor, and it's like, whose are those? Fuck, I don't know. <laughs> it's all we wear. Um, meandies is very comfortable. It's made of this dope-ass fabric called Micromodal fabric, and it's, and it's so soft Three to the times softer than cotton. Fuck cotton, fuck cotton, fuck wool, fuck all of it. It's all about Micromodal from now on. And it comes in really fun patterns and designs. This month's pattern was designed by the legendary 80s clothing brand Cross Colors. They're very fucking good. They are um, extremely good. If you listen to Jordan Jesse Go, uh, Jesse Thorne talks a lot about Cross Colors. Um, you can see them for yourself. And right now you can save 20% off your first pair and receive free shipping only at MeUndies.com slash RoseBuddies. And if you don't love your first pair of MeUndies, they are free. Get 20% off your first pair and free shipping at MeUndies.com slash RoseBuddies. That's MeUndies.com slash RoseBuddies. Go to the website, MeUndies.com slash RoseBuddies. Our other sponsor is Wink. I still love that joke. It's like the sound my eyeball makes when oh, I wink. Oh, jeez. I don't like that. Um, uh, hey. Hey. Griffin, are you drinking wine right now? I am, but it's not from Wink, I don't think well, so. you didn't have to Screw say that. Screw it. <laughs> you didn't have to say no, that No, I'm going to be honest. I'm drinking it. You know what it tastes like? It tastes like 
butt water. Well, I'm sorry that I bought that wine then, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> it's just you bought it from the wrong place because you should have gotten it from Wink. And that's W-I-N-C. Right now, Wink, W-I-N-C, is offering listeners $20 off your first order when you go to trywink.com slash rosebuddies. Uh, that's try, T-R-Y-W-I-N-C dot com slash rosebuddies to get $20 off your first order now. Uh, we have used Wink before, and it is very, very good. You take like a little sort of taste yeah, test. Yeah, you can take and then, a palate profile quiz. Yeah, and then... Um, they will just send you some some bottles that are customized to your palate, and uh, all the bottles we got, um, which like we usually don't have like a lot of wine around the house, and it was very cool to just like have a full wine rack. Yeah. Like we have a wine rack, but like only ever have one. So it was nice to have like a bunch of bottles, and like all the wine was fucking great. Mm-hmm. Um, so one more time, that is uh, try wink w i n c um, trywink dot com slash rosebuddies. Uh, hey, I've got a personal message here. This one's for Adam, and it's from Shay, or Che. I think it's Shay, uh, who says, Adam, I couldn't think of a better wedding present than to profess my love on our favorite love-based podcast. The past three years with you, our smelly dog and our impossibly dumb cat have been the best. You are my partner in crime and the best friend I've ever had. I simply can't wait to get legally duct taped to you. Love you like crazy, Shay, or Aww. Che. That. That's very, very sweet, and I love it. And duct tape. And duct tape. And they say they're a partner in crime, which is great, because this is actually the payoff of, and I'm glad that you're here, babe. <laughs> the longest con. Uh, a two-year sting operation. Step one was to create a romance-based podcast with you. Mm-hmm. I'm afraid you've been a pawn this whole time, as I waited for this confession to come in from Shay. So... Hop in the paddy wagon, Adam and Shay. You're done for. Can we stay together, though? Yeah, absolutely. Good. No, because like the feelings got very real <laughs> on the job. Beautiful. Um, here's one more personal message. This one is for uh, Caridwin, and it's from Bears, who says, Dumbledore. I mean, happy birthday. We're sorry this is belated, but we didn't have our shit together early enough for it to be on time. We hope Griffin and Rachel trying to say your name on this podcast makes up for it a little. Hey, I fucking crushed it. Uh, Good luck, tiny ponies. I guess that's us. We love you very much. Here's to another year of friendship and yelling. Mm. Caridwin, I think I did a good job. This person was, baby, this person was being mean to me. How is that spelled? C-A-R-E-D-W-E-N. Yeah. No, I think you nailed it. They were trying to cyber bully me. No. Yes. No, Griffin. You're so sensitive. I'm a really delicate delicate young boy mm-hmm. hey guys this is adam conover you may know me from my true tv show adam ruins everything well guess what now we're doing a podcast version right here on maximum fun what we do is we take all the interesting fascinating experts that we talk to for just a couple minutes on the show and we sit with them for an entire podcast really going deep and getting into the fascinating details of their work find adam ruins everything wherever you get your podcasts or at maximumfun.org. Um, let's keep on rolling because we actually have a lot of content left. Uh, Brian date. Okay. Brian is wearing his watch that they got on their date. Which I loved Eric's note, like, mm-hmm. and she was also wearing the watch. Yeah. And he was like, you know, if she didn't wear the watch, it would have been like, whatever. But she decided to wear the watch. <laughs> I love that he noticed that. Uh, so this is when Peter, when they have to do their little aside from the date, 
Peter tells Eric that he's not a big Brian fan. Yeah. First I heard of it, but he said it kind of like it was well known. Uh, And then he talks about, and I don't have the exact quote, but he talks about kind of the fake uh, quality that it's associated with people from Miami. He says something like, Oh yeah. Fake boobs, fake butt, fake cheeks. cheeks. Which there's a lot of speculation that Brian has like cheek implants. And so everybody's read that as a clue of like, Oh, maybe he does because Peter specifically said cheeks, but he, he refers to Brian's uh, fake Miami swagger that uh, he doesn't like. It's getting a little nasty. I know. Peter always seemed like such a classy, uh, mature gentleman to me, so it confuses me when he kind of punches hey, low. This is where he's kind. This is where he's. This is hey, you gotta you gotta call it like it is with everybody on this show. I thought that was a low blow, Peter. I thought it was unfair to everybody in Miami, <laughs> yeah. the whole city. It's I mean, kind of fucked I, up. Yeah, that is. Uh, so Brian is the only one that gets to meet Rachel's friends. Yeah. Which seems significant. Friends first, coworkers second. I like that. I'm going to start saying that to my coworkers. Friends first, coworkers second. I do. I like that. It does kind of sound like the tagline for a new sitcom on NBC. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Uh, Brian meets Marissa and Lauren, which were, I guess, the women that signed Rachel up for Nick's season. And, um, Rachel, oh my gosh, this moment was so funny and it just clarified a lot. Rachel is talking about how, when she first met Brian, she told her friends that he was very charming and that she thought he was maybe a douchebag, (laughs) which I just thought like, oh, maybe Rachel has seen enough of Brian to get past that impression. And we haven't. And we haven't. I don't think I, that's okay. That's also <laughs> it's unfair. A little unfair. I don't, I don't think Brian's a douchebag. It's just like, I, he's, he's going to be in the top two. I'm pretty confident. And I, 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 even, even like the people I'm not rooting for in the final two, like I at least know some shit about him. And I, I still feel like yeah. I definitely know more after hometowns. Right. But I, I still feel like there's, there is more I could know about Brian. I don't think he's a douchebag. I think that's a mean thing to say. No. Yeah. I, I just I thought it was funny because she's always seemed so excited about Brian, and so to hear her say that she had kind of a a weird first impression sure. kind of validated my concerns about him a little bit. Uh, so after he hangs out with the friends and it goes really well, they seem to really like him. Uh, it's time for him to meet the family, and he talks about how his mom is the number one woman in his life. And that he wants to start a family and build a legacy. And uh, Rachel's mom kind of pounces on that. This is, this is I feel like, I, they, they use this, the term red flag like 10 times during this yeah. episode. And I feel like we actually saw her mom locate one in real time. Yeah. Um, because then the whole family kind of goes all in on Brian. Yeah. So Rachel's mom says, well, if your wife and your mother are butting heads, uh whose side do you take? And Brian's like, Oh, well I would want to work things out and, you know, and have the two of them work things out together. And Rachel's mom was like, well, but where's the priority? And this is where Rachel kind of bristles and is like, what's going on right now? Yeah. Uh, and he, he clarifies like, Oh no, no, my priority would be with the wife. Um, and my, and Rachel's mom tells us like, I noticed that Rachel was uncomfortable and I hated that for her. Yeah. 
but uh, this but. she had a great point which is like this comes with the territory of you bringing all these fucking cameras into my house right now <laughs> right. like this is this is part of the deal like sorry and Brian says, you know, I know that you're all skeptical of this process and it has only been nine weeks, uh, but I've always thought of her as my girlfriend. And Rachel's sister is like, after, after a week. After one date? Really? Yeah. You thought she was your girlfriend? Uh, and the sister- I, I, feel, I feel like Brian was catching uh, a an undue amount of flack from the family for all this stuff because I feel like Eric and Peter definitely think that shit, yeah. but Peter like- this is the only thing he like talks about really around Rachel. I feel like it's just like effusive praise and uh, admiration. And the family picked up on that as like that fast, huh? Wow. Okay. If if they really did happen in the order that they appear on the show, Peter and Eric both came in very reasonable, very measured. And Brian just came in like, she's my girlfriend. I love her. Mm -hmm. Like, and and they were like, wait a minute. Whoa, yeah. <laughs> yeah you're unique in this. Uh, the sister thinks that uh, Brian is a charmer. Rachel's sister's husband asks Brian for details on what he likes about Rachel. And then they, I don't know if there's editing or what, but then Brian's like, can I be excused? And he leaves the table. Yeah. And Rachel is annoyed with her family she says i'm low-key annoyed right now yeah and really kind of goes after them and says you guys are being different the energy is different uh and rachel's mom says well i just need some clarity and rachel says what more do you need right now uh and then this is where rachel's sister's husband says uh your reaction to your mother is extremely emotional well, this is what I'm saying. Like, you need to assimilate right now with this individual. And I was watching with my friend Ariel, and she's like, why would he feel like that was okay to come <laughs> yeah. after her like that? And I thought, well, the only thing I could think is that if he has been with the family for a very long time, like, let's say he has been with Rachel's sister for like eight or nine years. Okay. Then I could maybe see why he feels. I still wouldn't. No way. <laughs> no way. When we've been mar- when we've been married for a decade, I would never be like, <laughs> listen, <laughs> Linda, like talking to your mom in, in any way like that on fucking national television. Zero percent chance. I mean, to each, yeah, I to each their true. own, like no judgment, whatever. I guess that's true. It, it just, seemed familiar. That also hit me like, you're the one that's getting in on this, saying you're being very emotional right now. Like, yeah. whoa, dude. Pump those uh, brakes. And so they later, they cut to commercial and then they come back um, when we're watching, probably not on the date. <laughs> Chris Harrison probably doesn't come in and start selling McDonald's. Yeah. Uh, but Rachel is saying, you know, I'm chill until I'm not when she's talking to her sister's husband. Uh, and he said that her reaction to Brian being questioned shows how much she cares about him, which is true. Yeah, sure. Uh and then, so we cut back, Brian is back in in the room with the family, and he's talking to Rachel's sister, and he says how much he loves the family already. He's like, I just, I love your family already, uh, which was like a little bit weird Very fast, for them. yeah. And Rachel's sister says, you have an answer for everything, and it seems really fast, Uh, And Brian tells us they may find it far-fetched, but it's my job to convince them otherwise. Which also felt like That's not what fucking love is. Like, this is what drives me up a fucking wall 
with this dude is like get get to know like get to know them and let them get to know you and ingratiate yourself with these people who you are going to be like asking to babysit your kids and going on fucking vacations with and spending the holidays to what the fuck are you talking about i've got to get in there i've got to get in there good and like yeah, you like, should, but to like get to know these people to find out if you want to be a part of their family or not. To say it's my job to convince them otherwise. Like it felt very strategy to me. It felt very like, okay, the objective in this situation is to get them to trust me. So what kind of things would a trustworthy person say? <laughs> it's like that's I like it feels I, weird. I sympathize with Brian on one hand because like it, it weirdly and I this this was like the biggest like um like standout point for this episode for me was it actually is different having this, this family meeting happening in the uh, fantasy suites episode instead of the, the finale episode, because like when the bachelor bachelorette brings the final two back to meet their family, the family has a binary decision to make between these two. And typically they couch it and are like, whoever you choose will love and respect your decision. Meeting three is, I feel like a lot. Um, also, that solo time in the fantasy suite, they may be more confident in their connection. Absolutely. You got to think about that as like yeah. a huge a checkpoint point. for like, now we're going to have this. Now we can find the cameras are off and we can say like, hey, I really wish I could. I, I know it betrays the whole spirit of the thing, but I really wish I could hear the first words. I've talked about this on past seasons. I know I have of just like the door shuts and the cameras are gone. It's like, hey, real quick. Are you actually in love with me? Mm hmm. That's the be- that that is potentially the best conversation on earth and maybe the most romantic conversation on earth or the most like bullshit like yeah oh no this is just a TV this is a TV thing right okay 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 like yeah. it, it but it's a, it, regardless of how it goes it is uninterrupted time where you can finally get to know if you are like compatible with that person yeah and then you meet the family I don't know it, it just like I understand this being like a lot of pressure but. I do. I just feel like Brian was treating it like he's kind of treated the rest of what we've seen of him on the show, which is just like, what can I say to, to, to like flatter them and let them know that I'm like totally in love and ready to, ready to go. This this disclaimer isn't probably necessary, but I just want to say like, we are just talking about what we have to go off of. Obviously we don't know Brian. No, we don't know Brian at all. Probably a perfectly fine gentleman. Yeah. Uh, we're just basing it on his edit, which suggests that he is not as sincere, maybe, as the other contestants. And if that is how he reacts to being on a romance television show, that's fine. Also, like, um, I I definitely have seen some episodes. Frankly, this episode, I saw stuff from Peter and from Eric, which is just like, I'm very cognizant of the fact that there's a camera a foot and a half away from you right now. And you are constantly spinning the gears trying to think of, like a cool thing to say on TV. Yeah. I don't know why that this was the episode where that was like really I don't feel that way with Rachel though. I don't feel that way with Rachel at all. Yeah. That's a good point. Um, maybe it's because she doesn't have like the pressure of like the competition or whatever, but, um, I definitely saw that shit from all of them this time. It's just like, I feel like that is most of what we have seen from, from, from Brian. After this confrontation with Brian, where the family is kind of grilling him, Rachel sits down with her mom and she tells her mom that she's falling in love with Brian and her mom questions love and says that love means you don't want to live without that person. 
And she doesn't think that you can feel that way within two months. And I thought that that's like, I liked thinking about it that way. Yeah. Like love is more than just a really intense enthusiasm and attachment to a person. It is recognizing that your life is fundamentally changed and that you cannot picture going forward without them. Yeah, sure. Uh, and I just thought that's a really concise way to talk about it and, yeah. and, and a really precise way to address why this television show is so <laughs> difficult. <laughs> yeah. Um, so this is where Brian asked for permission. Brian uh, doesn't explicitly ask for permission, though. He says he's going to do it, and it would be cool yeah. if he could have the blessing. I wrote down, Mrs. Lindsay, I love your daughter. Um, I know I will be proposing if she picks me. And... It would be good if I could... If yeah. you would smile down upon that, that And union. she says, you just used the word love. Has she mentioned love? And he says, well, I think that she feels that. Um, and Rachel's mom says, you will have conflicts. Uh, and if there aren't conflicts, then somebody's not being honest. Uh, but because I trust her judgment, you have my blessing, um, you know, and, and to build on that initial love. Like she's like very, like, she's the most may, diplomatic. You may I think that you're in love right now and please go forward and build on that love. If that is what happens. It's incredible. Yeah. Uh, and now we're going to Spain. Oh yeah. Here we go. <laughs> Here we go. Get, are you, wait, are you buckled in? Oh no, I didn't. Did you pack a bag? I didn't, babe. I'm just going to buy all my clothes over there. <laughs> uh, so Eric gets the first date in Spain. In Rioja. <laughs> Rioja look fucking amazing. It's beautiful. Gonna, I, this, this season has put a lot of places on the map for me of places that would be fucking cool to go. I think, um, because like Dallas, like Dallas, Texas. I've been to Dallas. Oh, they stayed at the Hilton Anatole. That's where QuakeCon is. That's the hotel oh, I go to every bigger. year. You yeah, said it was really nice. It's very nice. Yeah, it's just this huge brown monolithic sort of like a hotel, yeah. kind of in the middle of nowhere. But it's real nice. And then you go and you you know fucking land party out. Um, <laughs> so, Rioja looked great. What was the other one they went to that was really good? The um, Geneva. Geneva looked really nice too. It's true. But it's fun. Traveling. Traveling. I know I was talking about that with Ariel when I was watching. I was like, I kind of get it. Like, I never really understood why somebody would go on this show and subject themselves to this kind of scrutiny. I absolutely do. The travel is pretty great. Yeah, but it's fun. You get to stay in nice places. Sure. You get to scream the bachelorette's name off a balcony. That's my dream. <laughs> I've been to some really great places. Our honeymoon is like my favorite trip. Probably I'll ever take my entire life. But if while we're staying at like, you know, a hot spring resort in Hakone, if we could have just leaned off the balcony and been like... <laughs> <laughs> that would have made it. That would have really set it off. We'll have to go back. Please, Christ, can we go back? Uh, they get in a helicopter. Eric Eric has like all these like kind of catchphrases. Um, Mir- are you talking about Miracle Season? Miracle Season's one of them. I was talking about when he says one-on-one full of fun. He also says uh, we out here a lot. Um, yeah. which Rachel, I think later in the episode kind of like rags on him yeah. a little bit. Yeah. It's this idea. It's kind of like carpe diem the way he says it. He's like, yeah. we out here. Uh, they take a helicopter to, uh, the coast and go for this long walk along the coast. It was fucking gorgeous. And he's talking to Rachel and this is where he's going to tell Rachel that he's in love with her. And he says, 
You don't really need much, but you need everything. And she says, wow, I sound like a complicated person. But I just, I love that phrasing. It's, it's maybe like, it's maybe a little artificially deep, but I thought that was kind of a nice way to describe her. Yeah, for sure. Because she does seem like kind of low key, but also like there's an intensity there. Yeah. I liked it. It was maybe a little cheesy, but I fell for it. I'm also Team Eric. Yeah, for sure. 100%. Um, okay, it's funny you said that. Um, I was looking at that press blast that I got that I think I mentioned last yeah, week from yeah. Eric's like, PR rep. Because yeah. he, he said it's miracle season a lot this episode. I want to catch this by saying I really like Eric and I think he's he's a lot oh, of fun no. on the show. Is he promoting something? There's a lot of shirts and hats that say it's miracle season. And then it's funny. I was looking at this when you said I'm Team Eric. And if you'll um, just look oh, at no. the shirts, it just it says Team Eric oh, in big block letters, which geez. is cool to every to, to each their own. What? But there you was there was a moment, and it was in the after credits thing where like uh, Rachel was like trying to say a line, and like a foghorn went off. She tried to do it again, and some bells rang, and she tried yeah. to do it again, and like a bird flew down. And he said, "Like it's miracle season," and I was like. That didn't seem like where that should go. And now like he's selling merch with it on it. And it makes me like a little, like a little bit uncomfortable. Like, you know, I still, I love Eric. And like, I think that this show, you got to juice it for all that you got. And he is far from the only fucking person doing this. Like for sure. How many waboom spice racks are (laughs) circulating now because of that one motherfucker. Um, I just, miracle season stuck out to me because he kept saying it in places Mm -hmm. where it was just like, that's a good point. What? Where did you say that there? Can I tell you something, though, that's exciting to me about that merchandise? I mean, I would have a shirt that says it's Miracle Season. How it. funny would it be? We have a, an actual friend named Eric. How mm. funny would it be if we all got Team Eric shirts and just showed up at his house wearing them? <laughs> I would love for him to know that we support him. Yeah. Just like, hey, happy birthday, man. We're all Team Eric today. On their little historic walk around the coast, they go to this monastery where you make a wish and ring a bell three times. They do that. It's local culture. If you had local culture <laughs> points on your fantasy league, you just got them. Uh, night portion. Rachel wants to know how Eric feels about her. And he talks about how his feelings for her really started in the hot tub, uh, which he says, you know, it always goes back to the hot tub. <laughs> Uh, But he talks about their emotional chemistry, and uh, he said that she makes him vulnerable. And she asks if he has any fears with this process, because this is obviously the first person he's felt this way about his first serious relationship. Uh, And how can you be ready to get married at this point? And he says if there was no Rachel there wouldn't be any of this Uh, and everything about this feels right. You push me, you embody everything I want in a wife. He keeps saying that you challenge me. Mm -hmm. And I think it's because like he gives her an explanation and she, uh, she's like, well, what does that mean? And he's like, see, this is what I like about you. You challenge me. (laughs) Um, I thought it was really funny. Uh, He says that he's never felt this way before. Uh, He says, I'm in love with you. I've tried to run from it, uh, but I'm really happy and he says, so Rachel Lindsay, I love you. Which I liked and they that kiss. moment. They kiss. Yeah, I like that one. And then the fantasy suite card arrives and they do choose to forgo their individual rooms. It's very horny. 
probably, I don't know. We don't get any of that, like, you know. Porking noises. <laughs> yeah. Like door closes, sound of shirt unbuttoning. <laughs> sound of shirt on hitting floor. <laughs> it's really precise microphones in there. Uh, but we do get the next morning they are walking around drinking coffee. Skin friction, just like in parentheses <laughs> down at the bottom of the screen. Skin friction. Thigh rubbing. <laughs> callus rubs against knee yikes be like on your foot yeah i know i know where calluses live usually (laughs) um one thing i will say is after the date card arrives the date card is always from chris harrison um eric says that guy he's awesome (laughs) which i liked in this situation i think he would probably be very excited to get this message from chris harrison i bet (laughs) uh and so that's their date yeah now it's time for peter her and Peter go to a vineyard. This is the last date, by the way. We should mention. I don't know, just as like a programming note. This is the last date of this episode. Yeah, we don't get Brian's date. No. I think we will next episode, but whatever. Uh, they go to a vineyard. They go into a cave. An old uh, man sings a song at them. Yes. Um, in Spanish. Yeah, he's like talking about how he started this vineyard um, with his partner, his wife, after um, like, or they've been together like 50 years. Yeah. Um, and both of them are just kind of standing there, like just kind of nodding their heads. And Rachel like kind of translates. She's like, I don't speak fluent Spanish, but it's enough to know something about a wife. No, she's a little bit more fluent than that. She says like that he started it with his wife. Um, and then like the next thing we see is this man singing about um, kisses and how your, your love will kiss you and the kisses will kill you but they're they're sweet he basis goes, he goes future love yeah he, yeah he's, and sings that timberlake he sings song. A justin timberlake song it's <laughs> and um he rips off the mask and it's him in, in there it's jt and he's uh, like yeah. and he says who says i can't act <laughs> i was really hoping you'd sing more future love so high upon the ceiling baby that's good i love when you go high oh but that's not the song it's not future love. You're confusing oh, Pusher Love Girl. Pusher Love Girl. Pusher Love. But the album was called. Uh, that was the 2020 experience. Future Sex Love Sounds. Oh, God. oh baby, don't let me. How embarrassing. It's pretty embarrassing. You'll, I was going to let it go, but. You'll edit this out. I won't because it had a really good bit. I sounded really good back then when I was singing Pusher Love Girl. <laughs> That's a really good song, by the way. Hey, brother mama. I remember when you were listening to that a lot. When you, uh, it was the only song I had on this MacBook for a long time because I stream all this music. But I like, I guess I wanted it on a flight while I was up in the sky, and so I downloaded it, and listened to it like a hundred fucking times. <laughs> um, I would do it at karaoke if the last half of it didn't wasn't really bad. Yeah, first half was fucking money though. Can you get that high though? You would do that at karaoke. Yeah, Whew. I'll belt that shit out. Not now. When I have my Comic-Con fucking gravel voice. You do. Is that just from doing all your performances? Yes. So the coolest thing about this date, uh, besides the fact that they are in a wine cellar, is that they get keys to a individual wine cellar that says Raquel and Pedro. This was the most romantic fucking shit I've ever seen. And they use the keys to open up their individual cellar that has a whole bunch of bottles in there. And a bunch of bones, like a lot of bones. And Peter talks about how forever he will have this key to wine waiting for them in Spain. Which I don't know that's if that's... the most romantic shit I've ever heard in my life. I don't know if that's the way life. it works, but I love that thought. 
that like they made this little spot for them to come back to. I think it's like a P.O. box, by the way. Uh, P.O. box 66639 Austin, Texas 78766. <laughs> Hit us up. Um, where you have to like, is like a thing you pay for oh. at regular intervals. That's so romantic. That's so fucking romantic, though. Damn it. Like a lot of cities, you just put like a padlock on a fence uh, and then it'll always be there. But this, this I think this is, is next good. level. This is very good. They sit and they talk about uh, how they balance each other out. Um, and he says how he asked for her mom's permission to date her. And they're talking a little bit about how Rachel might feel. They're about, about that. they're literally about to get into this. Then when like this God tiny, throws an angel down from heaven to this, interrupt this conversation. This tiny Spanish girl shows up. Uh and and she's adorable and gives Rachel flowers. It's kind of surreal. It's it, it's the most adorable moment of my life and I wasn't there. And then they all go out to this uh barrel of grapes. The girl leans over into Peter's ear and says, you're welcome. Because she interrupted the conversation that he probably didn't <laughs> okay. want to be a part of. Uh, and they're stomping grapes together. And they don't end up finishing the conversation that day or during that part of the date. And um, yeah, then they kiss while they stomp grapes. But then everything falls apart. Yeah, the night portion of the date. Peter does make a nice gesture. He says, this is the cork from that bottle of wine we had. And my family has this tradition where they write something special on the cork from that day that they had the bottle of wine. Uh, and Rachel's like, oh, Peter for the win. Yeah. Because <laughs> it's like a really kind of a nice tradition. And she writes to more firsts. To many firsts. To many firsts. This is very sweet. Yeah. And then everything she falls apart. She does say, apart. now you're going to see how terrible my handwriting is. Yeah. Which I found really relatable. And then it all falls apart. Okay, sorry. I'm getting there. I'm getting there. Um, So Rachel says... You know, speaking about that conversation we had earlier, I want you to know I didn't come this far and put my life on the line just to have a boy. No, to put, I didn't put my life on hold. She didn't put her life on the line. <laughs> There's a rule where if you want to be the next Bachelor or Bachelorette, you have to fucking knife fight Chris Harrison. <laughs> I didn't suspend and myself. And a lot of people, it's like, this where's, where's Wells? Wells fucking died. He got killed by Chris Harrison. They fought with their batleths um, at the mountain's peak at high noon. I didn't attach myself to this ticking time bomb. <laughs> I didn't solve a jigsaw-like bone <laughs> puzzle. Um, I didn't cut off both of my butt cheeks for jigsaw's <laughs> puzzle of flesh just to get here and have a boyfriend. <laughs> yeah, that's what she says. Uh, <laughs> and she says, I could have done that like i could have found a boyfriend without all of this could have found a fiance okay just like a quick side note you also could have found a fiance without yeah, the help well, of yeah, this show maybe i i get what she was saying here but like you, you're rachel you're you would have done fine i think outside and she of this. says for me a proposal is about wanting to cultivate a relationship it's not anything necessarily more than that and he says the uh, opposite thing yeah engagement is marriage i want to do it once and Rachel says, well, I feel differently. And Peter's like, well, I don't know how we get through this. And they're talking, I don't know what to tell you. And I don't 
No. Literally, the other one is uh, like waiting for the other person to like. Yeah, they're just saying, I don't know. To back bend. And, forth to each and, other over and over again. he says, I don't know how to move forward. And she says, I don't have the answer for you, Peter. Um, and that's it. That's yeah. the episode. Um, Rachel tells us that this is devastating to hear. She saw a future with Peter and just like that. And that like, yeah, it, that, for the it's first gone. time ever, she's thinking that this might not work out. I think that that's the, the cliffhanger. This conversation they're having seems so it, it, it's, it's a very serious thing, right? But it's also like, I think they were speaking largely in semantics where Rachel was saying, for me, an engagement is a chance to get to know somebody. And he was saying, I think an engagement is like saying, okay, we're going to get married now. Let's pick a time and day. When at the end of the day, like if you both really love each other and you want to like, if you can decide, I guess in the next like week or so, that that is when it's like, this is the person you want to be with and all that shit doesn't matter. And you'll probably just get engaged. Read, um, read that quote from the article that I sent you. Yeah. So there's a, uh, Rachel sent me an article uh, by Amanda Hess for the New York times. What happens when reality enters the reality of the bachelorette? I feel like it's maybe a little too like it's, it, it it's doing a very inside baseball look at this like dilemma, but I, I like, I get it. Um, one of the most captivating and disquieting aspects of The Bachelorette lies in how a significant proportion of the drama that is stirred up doesn't occur between the various personalities on the show, but between the contestants and the artificial demands of the show itself. The Bachelorette is ostensibly a show about finding a husband, but it's as much uh, about attempting to manage one's public image while dodging the pitfalls baked into the show. The information deficits, the unreasonable uh, romantic timeline, the insincere suitors who aren't in it for a wife, but for the lead role on the next season of The Bachelor. Rachel seems to be sincerely looking for a lasting romantic partner, but she's also looking for an ending to the show that doesn't appear to embarrass her or diminish her rising star. The guy she chooses in the end will become her partner in both love and branding i feel like that's kind of like a negative read on like rachel's I mean, intentions okay. so it's cynical a little bit yeah but i will say that part of me was thinking like why doesn't rachel just bend on this like she knows she cares about peter peter has reservations if she really loves him she'd be willing to be patient and wait until he's ready but then i thought like how does it look for her to be standing on that cliff and and get proposed i i i I understand that i mean you could also say the same about peter right like i i think it is unreasonable to propose to somebody after such a short span of time right but like i i think it's unfair to say like well why wouldn't rachel bend to what peter wants and not say like well why wouldn't peter just do what rachel wants and um also like uh, and and this is why this is where I start to feel silly even talking about any of this. It's like how much of this is actually real, and how much right. of this is Peter is the front runner, and this they is the same this. shit they do every time. Mm-hmm. And um, if that is what this is, they're doing a good job. Like that this this time they're doing a good job because this feels like a very very real conflict these mm-hmm. two are having. Um, and so like that factors into it as well. Um, and I will say like I I don't know how it's going to resolve. This this conversation, Rachel and I breezed through it fairly quickly, but this was the last, like, eight minutes of the episode was this conversation of them basically just, like, yeah, just, dueling on this yeah. a little bit of just, like, I'm not going to, I don't think proposing is a good way to, like, I don't think an engagement's a good way to get to know somebody. I think it's marriage. And Rachel's saying, like, I think it's just, like, a promise that you want to get to know somebody. And them being unable to reconcile that. Like, it's a, it's a huge conflict, right? And I don't want to undersell that. It's just, like... It's also a, a, the same thing that happens in every season of the golden child obvious winner getting 
um, you know, smeared right before the end. Yeah, they make a real clear front runner and then they put a little doubt in your mind at the end to make it interesting. I don't know how this resolves. I think Peter's still going to win just because you cannot deny the fact that the tone of the conversations that they have and that he has with the family is different than the conversations that uh, Eric and Brian have. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't know how it resolves. I I thought this article was like, I I don't think that like Rachel's hesitation is because she like is afraid she's going to look bad or whatever. Um, I, I genuinely believe her, her intentions, I don't know. This is really tough. This is a this is a genuinely tough situation that this show has sort of conjured up and put in front of us, um, which I, I guess is laudable. Yeah, we'll see what happens. We did get a teaser for the mental all, which looks unbearable. Can we not cover that? I really don't want to. I don't want to either. Let's not do it then. Fuck it. Hi everybody. This is Griffin. Fucking, we're not going to do <laughs> mental all. Sorry, it looks it looked super shitty. Like half the thing was like Lee and Kenny were mortal enemies. No, they weren't. You were fucking like doing a different thing. You piece of shit garbage yeah. show. What's Waboom doing these days? No, eat it. Eat eat ten turds. Like I don't <laughs> care what Waboom is doing these days. We'll we'll do something else next week. Okay. Um, and then I don't. I think there's. Let me see. Next week is August first, and then it's August eighth, and then a week from that is BIP. So I think there's only one episode left after. Uh, the next yeah, yeah we should we should um we should start talking about what we're doing next Uh-oh. we'll figure it out we got ideas yeah we'll have some transition period hey we could do fucking boys x girls next door the translation the fan the fan translations oh, yeah. we got like two of those waiting for us babe and now we know what we're gonna do after we finish recording this yes let's stop right now uh <laughs> thank you to everybody for listening thanks to maximum fun for having us you can go to maximumfun.org check out all the great podcasts there um thank you to everybody who's been sending us stuff at the p.o box it's always so sweet once again it's p.o box 66639 austin texas 78766 um thank you to those of you in the facebook group that are writing really fun nice things about us yeah and and the itunes reviews too yeah we appreciate that uh all right that's it we'll see you next time i'm griffin mcelroy i'm rachel mcelroy when you're ready with us on this journey of joy. Spoiler alert! She ends up with Soldier Boy. Right Reese's, right Reese's, MaximumFun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Listener supported. The three of you enter a cave of a big red dragon and is standing over a horde of precious golden rubies. And he says, what do you do, adventurers? I'm a dragon man. I cast fire on him. It's very good. I address the red dragon to say, us, we're the hosts of The Adventure Zone, a podcast about family playing Dungeons and Dragons. Very good synergy. Commit to the bit. I, I, <laughs> I roll to charm new listeners. It is very effective. <laughs> against all odds. Everybody, we're the Macroids. We host the Adventure Zone. It's a podcast where we play Dungeons and Dragons together. It's a comedy podcast. We don't take the rules too seriously because there's a lot of them and we did not take the time to learn them. Maybe listen to us. We come out every other Thursday on the Maximum Fun Network. You can find us on iTunes or on MaximumFun.org. I think this promo is a critical hit. <laughs> <laughs>